Welcome to the Bloom and Grow podcast, where we share stories of those who have grown through grief and break down barriers that isolate us in those challenging parts of our lives. We know that time doesn't heal, but intention does. There isn't a before and after in grief, but we grow through it. Many days more difficult than others. The weight of grief doesn't get any lighter, but we can get better at carrying it. This podcast isn't just for those going through something sad or difficult, but it's also for those who know someone who is, by sharing tips and perspectives in how to be a better support for our loved ones that are grieving. I'm your host, Liz Fidler, and thanks for blooming and growing with us. Welcome back to the Bloom and Grow with Liz Fidler podcast. Here is part two of the episode on life insurance. And yes, we know this is an uncomfortable topic. Yes, we know that it doesn't feel good to talk about. Yes, we know we are literally talking about worst case scenarios, the things that you just hope you never have to happen and the thing that you want to buy that you hope you'll never use. But it's important to talk about and thank you for being here. We got to talk about this part. So where Tony and Josh met was under a circumstance. They were working at a place where they worked with clients who basically did not. I mean, they were, let's face it, they made some stupid. Very bad financial decisions. They made very bad financial decisions. And that's, I think that definitely shaped a lot of Josh's views toward money yeah his entire career so i think i think that's an important thing to add because otherwise it's like geez josh is a yeah. little psycho <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he actually was really fun and he's a good guy people are like tony why are you friends with him and liz why did you marry him like we're making him out to be this like cheap ass uh, like whatever but i think we need to share this yeah so first of all he grew up on a dairy farm yeah his parents worked their asses off he worked his ass off yeah. but they did not have a lot of extra money at the end of the month. Right. People say that, and Josh's sister would say that. And, like, yep. I mean, they were just, they were, they did well for farmers, but, like, they were not. Yep. Yeah. So they worked really hard. They milked cows, never wanted for anything. Like, he right. couldn't change a thing about his childhood, but, like, yeah. didn't grow up having a lot of extra money, basically. And then when he was right out of college, they worked at this lending institution that how he described it to me was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited. So, can I say where it was? Like, can no. I call it the old crew? Okay. Tony said no. Tony said no. So, I can't say where it was. Because I, it's funny because there's this connection. Like, Josh's closest best friends, the bonds that you guys well, They all came there, from there. Yeah. They all, yeah. Or, they all came from there. Everyone that was in my wedding, I'm like, they were back in the this day. So, yeah. yeah, I can't say where it was. Neither of them worked there anymore or anything. And they were only there It's not even around it's anymore. It's not even around anymore. Yeah, that part of the company. But it was a division of a company, a lending institution. institution. Yes. Yeah. Where Josh describes it as, okay, someone went and bought a couch for four grand. And they yep. said interest-free as long as you make the payments or no For 18 months, for 18 12 months, months, something months. like that. Yep. And so they get this $3,000 couch because they needed it. Yep. And then they bring it home and don't make any payments at all. Right. And then 12 to 18 months later, now the payments are due. Yep. And meanwhile, those payments they haven't made have collected interest. Yep. And it's like 18%. Right. And literally all of a sudden, these people are 15 grand in debt yep. for a couch well, not to mention that, like a lot of the people, I mean, there's a reason that this division is no longer around. Like they were giving, given loans and terms that they should have never. No. So like given. they yeah. owe 
15 grand on a couch yeah. and then your job and this is how josh described it he's like our job was to cold call them up and try and, and help them and, figure and out a way to pay to help it them figure out a way to pay it or yeah. refinance it and say well i'll refinance it for yeah eight percent yeah like yeah are you kidding me and and again like being every single day being around people that are there's a reason why we both made a career change. <laughs> there's a reason why you both made a career change. There's a reason why all of you made career changes. Yeah. But yeah. like yeah. surrounding yourself with people that yeah. are in financial stress and yeah. in that much debt, consumer debt, yeah. that definitely rubs off on you. Correct. Right? And so that's why that so let me shape that. That was the first couple of years of Josh's career right out of college. Yeah. And then he worked for a department at another company. Where it was people that most of the time, no fault of their own, but maybe needed a little assistance, like getting back on track. Yeah. And so the majority 12 years of his career was working closely with clients yeah. who were struggling, maybe by no fault of their own, to make yeah. payments. Exactly. And and to be fair, too, like what after when we were done working there, the reason everybody became such good friends was we'd probably come back to Josh's farm and you know, sit on a tailgate and chew sunflower seeds and drink bush light and have a bonfire. Right. Like, so as much as that was part of our life, like the reason that what I remember about Josh is spending a lot of time out on the farm, sitting on the tailgate of his S10, chewing sunflower seeds and listening to Eric church, you know, like, and I think that that shaped him in a way of, and he conveyed that to me. And that's why like now, yeah, I think this, I mean, that alone, that view, that opinion that he had is why this topic is so important to discuss Yeah, because, you know, you have freedoms in life. You have yep. freedoms to do with what your time, whatever. And if you do not have, I'm not saying financial freedom where you don't have to go to work, like that's not what it is. But if your paycheck is designated toward a credit card bill before you right. even get it, that's a stressful way to live. That's the right. way to live. And this isn't a financial management podcast, but I'm just saying, like, those that's what could happen if Yeah, if if, if things would have went the other way, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you would have maybe had to use credit cards to to buy groceries or buy milk or mm-hmm. you know, cover your medical deductibles, those mm-hmm. different things, right? And and that's that would have put you in a spot where you know, you maybe would have been angry with Josh or you would have been angry about life, right? And and instead, we have a much better story to tell, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple months where I, like, yeah. wanted a reason to be angry at him because I'm like, well, then at least, like, I'm going to miss him so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. was just waiting to, like, yeah. is there some sort of credit card debt I don't know about? Right. Like, where's that secret kid that I found right. out he had that he never right. told me about? Like, right. nope, none of that came. Yep. Yep. And obviously now I'm glad it didn't, but yeah. at the time I was kind of looking for a reason to be mad at him, but yeah. it never happened. So there we wow. go. All right. Another tough topic. And actually this is, so eight days before Josh died, we had a phone call because it was during COVID. So we weren't going to go into his office unless we needed to. Um, yep. And that was like major lockdown. But we once a year met with our financial advisor just to like review, are we on track for retirement? What should we do yep. here? Like what? Which everybody should do, virtually yeah. or in person, yep. meet with an advisor every yep. year. What are your goals or whatever? Because if you don't plan for them, it's not going to happen. And so eight days before Josh died, we did that. And then Josh actually asked a question 
to Brian and I was not expecting him to ask it and I got pissed. He said, should we take out a life insurance policy on Vidalia? Yeah. And I did not know he was going to ask that question. Yeah. And it was, you know, a couple days before her third birthday. And I mean, I'm still mad. Like these, these things are so uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. And I was just like, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, how dare yeah. you ask that question? And Brian, our advisor paused and he's like, I want to answer my advice and whatever. Like if you're asking for my advice, like I will tell you what I think, but I want to know before I answer it, I want to know why you're asking that question. And he's like, not a, you know, not a, yeah. why is she going to die? You know, like nothing like that. But he just meant like, what is your question? And Josh yeah. just said, well, I guess, so it's not a double whammy. Yeah. You know, your your kid dies and then you've got to pay $50,000 in funeral expenses or, yeah. I mean, for a kid at least. I mean, I had two people that submitted questions and they said, I don't have questions. I just want to make sure that you touch on life insurance for kids. And one of them said, we had $10,000 and it wasn't nearly enough. Yeah. That's what she said in there. Meaning like, and that, and so when we had this conversation with our financial advisor, nine day, eight days before Josh died, he said, and he's like, well, it's just, I don't know. I guess my thought is so that it's not a double whammy and yeah. whatever. Well, at the time when I graduate, when Vidalia was born and, you know, when we graduated, we were putting away X amount of money already in her 529 yep. college account. Because... Again, smart couples finish rich. And Tony, have you ever heard of compound interest? It's this really cool thing. Actually, there is this website called compoundinterest.gov or like yeah. compoundinvestor.gov. Yeah. Like I will like put in numbers in my 401k and like, ooh, eight, ooh. Yeah. Like, I, I spend more time on that website for the last 15 years. Like just planning because yep. compound interest is cool. Anyway, right. so we were putting away money already for her 529 and ultimately we decided... We weren't going to get a policy. It was our only kid. Yeah. If we had a second kid, we probably would. Yeah. And our thoughts were if she died when we only had one kid, we would use that money for funeral expenses. Yeah. Or at least to put a dent in it. Yeah. Again, there's no right, wrong, or otherwise, but that's what we had decided. But, ugh. Like, I, I'm, yeah. like you can tell I'm uncomfortable yeah. talking about this right now. This one is, and what I'm going to tell folks on this one is, is, is two things. One... For me, it's not about necessarily what happens if something happens to your kids, okay? Most kid policies come with what's called a guaranteed insurability rider, okay? So when you buy a policy on a child, it locks in their insurability throughout the rest of their life. So let's say you buy a $25,000 policy, you're going to get these options come up 10, 11, 12 times throughout the policy. Ours is 11 where the kid can go back and buy $25,000 worth of policy and they're not subject to any sort of underwriting. Okay. So there's no underwriting. All it does is they get an option. They can call their, their insurance agent will call them and it'll say, Hey, you've got an option coming up. Do you want $25,000 more? The pricing is going to be based on your new age. You'll get another policy, but there's no medical underwriting. And a good example of that. So my youngest if you saw him, you wouldn't believe this, but he's got juvenile arthritis. Okay, so it's an autoimmune disorder. He would get rated for his life insurance now. Okay, but because he has a policy that he took out when he was 14 days old, before we knew any of this other stuff, when he gets older, now, in his case, juvenile arthritis can go into remission and he'd be fine if that happened. But let's say it turns into rheumatoid arthritis when he gets older. Okay, 
he's going to have a health condition that could make his life insurance more expensive. It doesn't preclude him, but it could make it more expensive, right? So he has an option 11 times in his life to add 25000 in coverage without any sort of medical questionnaire. Okay, so that's per- the main, main reason why is it does what we call lock in their insurability where they can buy more insurance as they get older. The second part is, is, and this is the harder part to think of, okay? So that first one is the person that's a logical thinker. Let's look at that and, okay, okay I'm going to buy it, right? The second part of it is really hard to talk about because none of us want anything to ever happen to our kids, and I'm not sure what would happen if anything happened to either of my kids, like what I would do, right? But I know this. The last place I would want to go is my office. Like the last place that I would want to have to make any sort of financial decision or hiring decision. I definitely wouldn't want to talk to customers about life insurance on a kid a month after my kid passed away, right? And that's my job. Yeah. So how am I going to do that? That's why I took three months off as a practitioner because... Right. I'm not in a mental state to talk to you about your problems. Right. You want to talk problems. <laughs> right. That's why I took three right. months off. I had a right. medical diagnosis of grief. So yeah, no, you... Right. So in that happens, situation, I have no idea of what I would want to do. And that's those two reasons are the two reasons I'm a proponent of life insurance on kids. That all being said, you don't need much. 25000 50000 100000 I think those numbers are are fair based on, you know, what you and your spouse and your family decide on that. But you absolutely, in my opinion, need something, Mm -hmm. you know, and 10,000 doesn't probably buy me enough time. Like, honestly, I would want to basically take Tammy and whichever one was remaining and go to Hawaii for a year and check out. Yeah. And if that cost me a hundred grand, yeah, so be it. Right. Like, I wouldn't want to have us to have to think about that. On the other side of it, like my two boys are really close in age, 10 and 8. Like they play sports together. They do everything together. Do they fight? Yes. Do they come to blows? Absolutely. You know, but if something happened to my youngest, my oldest would be a mess Mm -hmm. and it's going to cost money. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to have to get him help. We're going to have to do a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and that's going to cost money. And that's just him. My wife and I probably need marriage counseling, yeah. probably need to see, you know, mental health specialist, all that stuff that would come into it. Mm-hmm. And that has to be factored into your, to your decision. So I would say like when your agent calls to say, hey, you got any coverage on your kids? They're not doing it to sling you a policy or to just sell you a policy. Mm-hmm. Like they're doing it because we see this stuff on a daily basis. The two hardest life insurance checks I've ever had to deliver were on kids. A 19-year-old overdosed. He was clean. Um, got his two-year degree after getting his GED to finish college or high school because he had some problems. Got his two-year degree. Ran back with his bad crowd. And he hadn't used in two years. And he overdosed. And mom and dad are left 19-year-old and gone. Mm-hmm. Right? $25,000 policy. Hardest check I've ever had to deliver in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, do I know I was providing some good for them without a question Mm -hmm. but would I have liked to give them a hundred grand instead of 25 probably but would it have made a difference who knows Mm -hmm. you know but those are the hardest ones and it's because of that fallout from that Mm -hmm. I'll say this though too like you're not going to put your kid through college by putting a whole life policy on them 
they do not earn enough cash value, things like that. It, if people are telling you that you're going to be able to buy a whole life policy on your kid and pay for college, no. Like, could you put a nice little down payment on a house for them when they turn 25 or 30? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's other policies. And the one that I have in my kids that I like the most, it's a 10 pay. So I pay on it for 10 years. After the 10 years is up, my payments stop and the policy keeps going. So when they turn 25, I can give them a $100,000 policy that has literally no payments on it mm-hmm. and accrues cash value. Mm-hmm. You know, So there's different things. Again, that's a want, not a need, right? Mm-hmm. So wants and needs, and that's but a big nice factor to of like, it. When people are looking at it and they're like, like, like I talked about in the beginning, when I said the way Josh and I chose to look at it was we never planned on cashing it in. Yeah. We planned on paying on it for 20 yep. or 30 years and never seeing a dime of it. Yep. That was our plan. Right. I think that's most people's plan or hope, depending yes. on like what you said, 60% of, but like what you're talking about is there are options and there are products out there that make it. So it can also be an investment. And so yeah. if, if it's bugging you to like, oh, I'm throwing away that money. I'm yeah. throwing away that money. Like, yeah. I hope none of you ever, <laughs> yeah. like, obviously, yeah. obviously, I hope you, I hope you never use it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to pause this episode. I want you, when I'm done talking, don't hit pause right now because you won't know what to do. But as soon as I'm done talking, I want you to hit pause and I want you to go into this episode And I would love if you would rate this show with a five-star rating because that is how podcasts are successful. The algorithm, what the, you know, wherever you listen, the platform of maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Apple, maybe it's Amazon, they can keep track of what episodes have a lot of downloads. And that's where, you know, if some people are liking it, they assume other people are going to like it because they want people using their streaming service. So if you are enjoying this, go and rate us, please, please, please. Shows with a higher rating get pushed out more because they think, well, if these people like it, other people will like it. Plus, if you're looking for a show to listen to and you're like, oh, well, it has four two-star ratings, I don't think I'm going to do that one. But if it has a hundred five-star ratings, yeah, more likelihood of listening. So it would really mean a lot to us if you could just hit pause go and give us a rating and then come back and finish listening. Thank you so much. So then a couple people asked questions. Um, you know, we talked about how much coverage, whatever, how are premiums determined? Premiums are going to be all based on your current age and your current health, right? So if you have health concerns or health issues, it can absolutely affect your premiums, your rates, all that stuff. What I find with people is they downplay their own health issues, right? Well, insurance underwriters don't downplay any health issue, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's all based on mortality tables, right? So if high blood pressure and cholesterol, those two things are going to create a situation where you're going to pay for more for life insurance. If you just had one of them, you would probably pay a little bit less than that person. If you had none, you'd pay probably standard rates. But Mm -hmm. if you're healthy, you run. And that's why it's important to get it. Yeah. The best time was yesterday. Second right. best is today. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So can I change or update it later in life? Yeah. So people, uh, on average, people are going to buy life insurance seven times in their life. 
So because things are going to change, right? And we have a perfect example sitting right here, right? <laughs> like Things change a lot. So you're going to buy it as life changes. You might change it. You know, like Josh and Liz are maybe planning for Vidalia beer. I mean, let's, let's make sure we have a lot of coverage for the next 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Davey comes along. Now maybe Liz needs coverage for... 25 from then, right? Mm -hmm. So there's just different parts of that. When you buy a new house, if you have a more expensive mortgage, if... If you have an oops, like there's all sorts of things. When, yeah, just thinking about if you or your spouse's income stopped, which, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, just, they quit paying it. Yeah. So then, and I will say this, like, you know, beneficiaries... You can always change the beneficiary. It's a legal contract. Yep. Um, I've met with more lawyers in the last three years than I would ever like to. But, you know, just, I mean, obviously, like, we're not dumb. I mean, Brent and I are getting married and, yep. like, it, it, people are so uncomfortable about that. And that can be a whole other episode. Like, oh, my God, you're getting a prenup? Well, no shit. Like, of course we are. This is Josh's family farm and Josh had kids. And, like, yeah. of course we're, like, yeah. sitting down and figuring things out. But it's... It's not even necessarily in the event of divorce. It's in the right. event of death. And what if something happens to me and Brent gets remarried and she has kids and now they get right. they get Josh's family farm. Like, again, it's, it's shit you don't want to talk about, but I'm sorry. Not wanting to talk about it doesn't make the problems go away. And you have to and almost look at some of this as it's, it's crappy, but some of it's got to be looked at as a business transaction, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it has yeah. to be brought up. And so that's one piece I will say that I'll add to kind of what you're saying about lawyers. You guys got to get an estate plan. Like mm-hmm. people have to go get a will or a trust. And as those changed, mm-hmm. I just bought an office building. I have to, I have to update that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And actually and, the next round of this episode, my yeah. cousin Matt is sitting down with me as an estate lawyer. Perfect. We're talking about that because I will say like, because there's my trust, and you can put the beneficiary of a life insurance policy as a trust. Yes. A lot of people prefer to do that. Yep. And then, you know, but you can always change it to, I could change one or two of them to Brent once we have our kid together or whatever it might be. Um, But another thing that I want to talk about is actually, if you guys go back to, I think it was the first episode of this season when I sat down with my friend Ty Eschenbaum with the Ty Eschenbaum Foundation, and he, he says this in his speech of his gala. He has a personal life insurance policy on himself for his, his late fiance Autumn, when she passed away. And it literally, I don't know how much it is. I'm, I'm going to throw out a number. Like, and this isn't me speculating, but we're going to, for easy math, we're going to say a million bucks. Yep. When he dies, the South Dakota, the Ty Eschenbaum Foundation... Like so, the, and then her her piece of the endowment goes toward the Make a Wish. Yep. So he talks about he's like, when I die, because he will. Yep. We all will. Every yep. single one of us will. Yep. When he dies, there will be wish kids, forever and ever and ever till the end of time in yep. honor of Autumn. Right. And that's freaking cool. Yep. So you can you can you name can institutions. Do yeah. Things based on. You know, everyone has different circumstances. Yeah. Everyone, you can use a life insurance policy. I have a customer like who names a, a uh, an animal shelter. Yeah. You know. When Brent and I first started dating, I was like, okay, you need to get a policy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, all those things, right? Like, yeah. if you're going to be contributing to the fi- household finances eventually, and honestly, more, show, more so, 
for him, it was like, you know, he's like 35. I'm like, dude, it's not even like to get the best rates. It's like, you might be uninsurable pretty soon if you, you know, which we can talk about that, like at what age or whatever. But I told him like, you need to get this. And then he's like, and then actually one of his best friends is a financial advisor. And he was like, so you're telling him to get a policy and make you the beneficiary? And I'm like, no, he's with his footy team. I'm like, but you're Australian football. Yeah. The Minnesota Freeze 501C3. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it has to be me. You know, yeah. and again, like, he's yeah. one of his best friends. Like, well, I'm dating a widow and she wants me to policy and put her in the name. Like, okay, that makes me look real great. I'm like, I'm not saying it has to be me. But if, yeah. if you don't get it now, you're not going to be able to get one. And if we're going to be kids serious yes. and we're going to have kids together and whatever, like, yeah, we need one because obviously, but anyway, so I, yeah, I think, I think he has changed it to us now, but at first I was like, put the Minnesota freeze. Right. Like, I don't care. Yep. Put whoever you need to just get yep. it locked in place when you're the other reason that a lot of our customers will do it is, and this depends on company typically, but so like, for instance, my company, if you buy a million dollars worth of term insurance with us you are locked into that million and you're locked into your health rating. So if in 10 years you come to me and say, hey, I don't qualify for a Roth IRA, I've got a business, I want to start building cash value inside of a life policy, I have these wants now, I can have you sign a piece of paper and we can turn 300,000 of it into a whole life policy or a universal life policy with a nursing home rider. Just different things like that. You can automatically turn it into with a signature because you already have the million with us. So you lock in that million with the company that you're with and you can usually change it throughout your lifetime to whatever you want. You just can't go over the million without having to go back through underwriting, so. So what, at what age or what, I mean, it gets to be a hard like. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's some ages where you can't buy certain policies and it's gonna be company specific, right? So like if, pretty common one that you'll see is term to 85 right so a lot of times you can't buy like you couldn't buy a 20-year term after age 65 because you can't get it it can't end past 85 on term policies a lot of times it's just going to be dependent on company but as far as like what age there's not really a specific age where you can't buy it anymore it's more based on the older you are the more expensive it is and the unhealth like the more unhealthy you are the more expensive it is yeah you're not going to get a 30 year policy when you're 75 right yeah not term anyway like you can usually buy later in life it's mostly permanent insurance or whole life or universal life whatever you one of those types of policies that you're going to get later in life mm-hmm. those also tend to be the more expensive ones because they come with more bells and whistles but you kind of get the idea. Yeah. So this is a loaded question. What if someone is 25, you know, making decent money, lives alone, has a mortgage, has 50,000 in student loans, but they're single and they don't have kids and whatever. Like obviously, yes, for all the reasons we're saying, do it now before the price goes up. Yep. It's the cheapest it's ever going to be. But what and this is probably a little bit more question for the next round with an attorney, but like what happens to their estate? What happens to their debt? What happens to their credit card debt? What happens yeah. to their, I mean. I would refer that to the attorney. I mean, some of it is going to make it more difficult for 
the house to get liquidated, like mortgage payments got to keep happening, mm-hmm. right? So there's different things like that that have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you think your family would just turn your house over and let it go, let it go to the bank, the bank will sell it, like that's all fine and dandy. That can happen, but you lose all the equity to it and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, right? As far as the other debt, that's where the attorney would have to step in and give give you a better idea on what how the estate would be handled that way. But without a doubt, like, does a 25-year-old still need a policy that's single? You know, I, I would say cover the mortgage and move on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I think... But that's a blanket statement, yeah, so, exactly. you know. I think it's a matter of more so if they have no dependents, if they have right. no yep. whatever, but there's still someone that's going to be responsible to clean yep. the mess after you die. Yeah. And it, I hate to say it that way, and that sounds so bad, but, like, so I was writing in my book, and I was trying to describe what those first especially six weeks after he died were and i'm like it's like wandering in a desert and you don't have a map right and you don't know where you're going right and you don't know how far away it is like that's that's the only way to describe that six weeks after someone died it's like little fires well i remember you telling me like every so often i'll find a breadcrumb yeah like oh hey maybe i should call tony about this or i should call ben about that or I'll call Creever about this, right? Well, I think it takes but, a while when someone dies, like they run his social security number. Yeah. And I just kept getting random shit in the mail. And you know what? Some of it was scams. Yeah. Some of it was. And so literally, thank again, I am so appreciative of the people that are in, like there was nobody that I couldn't like answer a question. I mean, literally like freaking right after he dies, my furnace quit or because the house was like yeah. three codes ago electric. We <laughs> yeah. had these like, we didn't have a breaker box. We right. had these fuses that you had to screw in and like risk getting electrocuted. Right. Like literally one of them. I had no All idea. All stuff that Josh probably just I did. Had little, yeah. I had no idea how much behind the scenes maintenance Josh did on our <laughs> shitty old house until right. he died. And then all of a sudden like, so now I'm calling his Uncle Dave twice a week and I'm like, right. I, my power's out or this breaker's out. I don't know how. And when I say I don't know how to change the breaker, like it's a fuse. Like, right. And he's like, yeah, no, don't do it. Like he's an electrician. Like, yeah. he, like, but it was, he's like, yeah, no, I walked Josh through how to do this. Like he probably did this a lot more. Yeah, often. just call like, me. Like there were problems like that, that I had to just deal with constantly after he died and but like like i said i would get i would get a letter in the mail saying yep you know we know that josh passed away he had an account here or this here or whatever and like there were times that you know i'd call you or i'd call someone and they were like i don't think that's real or right. like i'd take a picture and again thank god i had the resources and the time and yeah. the you know the ability to pause and whatever but like i mean yeah. My Dish Network got shut off because I didn't pay the bill because right. Josh had it set up on it One got of his paid accounts. every month. He had to text a Y. Yeah. They said here that's how he did his like nothing <laughs> yeah. was on auto nothing was on auto pay. Right. And so they, they shut off the dish. And yeah. then when I called it, I'm like, Oh, my dish is off. And they're like, You didn't pay your bill. And yeah. they're like, Well, we'll reinstate it. I'm like, no, I don't yeah. I don't need to watch sports anymore. Anyway. Yeah. But Well, so we had one of another death benefit that we had paid out we also do home and auto insurance for the with the company that i'm with and this gentleman's brother calls in and he was like hey my brother passed away he doesn't need his renter's insurance anymore he doesn't need his car insurance anymore Um, and this was a 55 year old gentleman who three years earlier had switched his insurance to us and he 
we got to talk to him about life insurance. He bought a $50,000 policy. Well, the policy had since lapsed because he passed away and his brother had no idea. Him and his brother were not on speaking terms when he passed away. Um, and his brother was the only part person in the family that he had had any contact with over like the last 20 years. So his brother calls us and he's like, hey, he doesn't need his renters anymore. He doesn't need this. Well, come to find out he had bought the life insurance policy and we had called his brother back and said, hey, like, did you... Did you know about this other policy? Like he had a life insurance policy, fifty thousand with us, and like his brother started sobbing on the other end because this guy had bought in this policy, put his brother as the beneficiary. We had a note in the file that said my brother will be the one that handles everything, you know, let him know. And he was like, Man, like he and I hadn't talked for like five years before he died, and you know, I still regret that to this day, but like this is like my notification that he still cared about me and like everything was put in my name. So like I had to pay all the bills. I had to do all this stuff. And to be frank with you, like the reason I called you guys is I didn't even know about the car insurance and the renters. And I just couldn't, I I can't afford to pay any more of his bills, Mm -hmm. you know? And he goes, now the fact that I'm going to get a $50,000 check from you guys to like cover all of that stuff, like, he, he was speechless, like like I said, sobbing, crying on the phone. Like, it's situations like that that just people don't think through, mm-hmm. you know, when think, those things yeah. happen. And when my cousin Matt comes on next, well, we're going to record it next week, but yeah. like, we can talk about that. But, like, yeah, you can you can pass on a lot of things to your loved ones, including debt, yeah. including headaches, including yeah. whatever. Okay, that's it for part two. Tune in next week for part three. Thank you for listening to the Bloom and Grow with Liz Fiddler podcast. You can find us at bloomandgrow.llc on Instagram and Bloom and Grow with Liz Fiddler on Facebook. We're always looking for stories of those who have gone through the trenches of grief and found a way to keep blooming and growing through it. So if you have an idea for an episode, please send us an email, liz at sunnymarymeadow.com and tell us what you think. You can also go to our website, www.bloomandgrowwithliz.com and sign up for our email list. You'll find all of that information in the episode notes. Thanks for being here. Bloom and Grow.